Music about like two or three seconds from now on. It's just way too long. <laughs> hey, welcome to Intellicast. It's, it's ten seconds. Come on. Let's let's go to seven seconds. Let's let's just start off this episode of fighting. That'd be awesome. Hey everybody, it's it's Intellicast. <sighs> this is Brian Millar joining me today. Producer Brian, he's already mad at me. Hello, Brian. Hey, I'm gonna put the whole song in next time just to bug you. <laughs> uh, they might get a complaint. The complaint would be from me. And joining also is Jason Anderhees. Hello, Jason. Hey there. <laughs> really excited oh. to be here. I, this is the first time being on with the music. I say play the whole song, Brian. I'm on your side. I'm, I'm, <laughs> All right. I'm on your side. Oh, man. It's the first season that we've ever heard the music. And so it's, it's still kind of weird for me when he still counts me in. It's kind of weird. I took, it took me back to like seven years old watching that video and just yeah. rocking out on my grandma's basement. Yeah, with the uh, the Adidas. <laughs> yes, yes. Dancing with the Adidas. Um, this episode brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. This is our normal work day. Us three just kind of battering pantry like this all day at work. Um, you can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. You can call us. You can leave a voicemail. You can text us at 513-401-5463. This is season four, episode seven. Guess how many episodes we've done, Brian? I counted them up today. How many? 140. This is episode number 140, which is wow. crazy. Wow. Can you believe that? Man, you guys have a lot of stuff to talk about. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, and you, we still have listeners? That I mean, hey, you can't beat a couple. That, right? <laughs> we have proof that we have a couple. Um <laughs> But yeah, 140, so we're getting close to that 150 mark, which is crazy. Who would have thought, especially after that first episode, that we'd be in a triple digits. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, today, we just have a couple topics. Not a lot going on news, so Jason and I and Brian will talk about conferences, and um, we'll talk a little bit about the Sample Landscape Report, which is our third edition, which that's kind of crazy, too, which is coming out on February 23rd, so... Um, let's start off. What do you want to start off with? Conferences or the land sample landscape report? I'm in on conferences. All I right. Think we dive right in. Okay. I've been wanting to do a conference episode for a while. I think it's because I really want to go to a conference. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to interrupt you right there and say, by the way, I, I want to really go to a concert or a conference. Oh, a concert too, by the way. I'm, I almost misspoke. <laughs> You're one of the last people that has, has actually gone to a conference, I think, because you went to that infamous Quarks con- conference, right? Yes, I consider myself fortunate. I was, I was one of the, uh, one of the, yeah, that was one of the last conferences I think that was held in person. I think they've all been virtual since. So, yeah, yeah. enough to go there, and it was a great conference. That was my first Quarks event, and it was fantastic. And uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the world changed. Who? Were we talking on the podcast, Brian, or was it some other conversation that we had that said that they were at the Quarks event, and during the Quarks event, people were leaving and things were shutting down? Was that? It was our interview that we recorded yesterday. (laughs) Oh, just yesterday. I've already forgotten it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, Time is in a weird place now. By the way, the other day, did I tell you all this? I forgot. I didn't feel Monday. Like, I feel like... Monday has a feel, a very specific feel to it. So does Friday. But I couldn't feel Monday. 
I thought it was Tuesday. Literally all day long, I thought it was Tuesday. <laughs> Who does that? Like, what a weird world we live in. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. They're all starting to blur together for you, Brian. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, conferences. Let's get back to conferences. Yes, you went to the Quarks event. That was when? The end of February, I think, last it year? It was. You're right. You're right. It was... Um... Oh, no, it was beginning of March, actually. I think oh it was March God. 3rd through the 8th or, or 3rd through the 6th, something like that. Um, yeah. Right smack in the middle of, uh, yeah, New York, right? Wow. Um, I, re- I remember people – it's funny you mentioned that. Like that was when some of the news was breaking because I spe- like distinctly remember um, somebody going around and like cleaning tables – with like disinfectant which is crazy you know that early on because i mean it's not crazy you know hindsight 2020 right it's it's brilliant but at, for that time and in that moment it was super uh you know i don't know it, it was just it seemed like excessive at the time when in reality it was probably what we've been needing to do for you know years <laughs> right well let's let's talk about quirks um they have a virtual event coming up pretty soon um, February 23rd through 25th. Um, it's a global event. I don't know the details of that, but I know that's coming soon. And then they're going to go for three in-person events this year, which I'm super excited because I do, I'm like you, I've only been to one Quarks event and I love the format. Mm-hmm. I love the fast pace to it. 20 minute sessions. You're just running around crazy all day long. I love it. Let's see, London, July 20, 20th and 21st, New York City, August, and then Chicago in November. So, Hopefully we get to go, right? That's the first thing. Yeah, that's, you know, I, as I was looking through like some of the, that, that conference schedule, Brian, that you had pulled together, it's, I just, it's really, really nice to see in-person events being planned. That that's like, I feel like that's a good place to start, right? Like yeah, <laughs> the virtual piece. I mean, I, I've only taken part in, in, I think one or two events, like from a virtual perspective. And since, you know, virtual became the norm. Um, it just, it, it definitely wasn't my cup of tea and I, I'm, I, this is just my opinion. So, you know, feel free to fire away if you have a different one, that's, that's perfectly fine. But, um, you know, in the end, I, I think it's like everything else at the moment, you kind of make the best out of the the given situation and, and, yeah. you know, cross your fingers and hope we get something to back, you know, hope we get back to something that resembles normal as quickly as possible. But I do think, you know, specific to quirks, I do think that that is one of the, you know, uh, conferences that could probably have a little bit more success virtually than, than some of the other ones. Um, I'd love to get your take on it too, Brian, because I know you've been to a handful of these as well. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, on the virtual, I think the industry did a really good job on the virtual stuff. Um, the, we really, everyone did awesome with the breakout rooms and moving to Zoom and somehow getting sponsorship and working in networking. Um, amazing job by so many people. Um, I would mention some, but I'd forget a lot of them. But all the organizations did an awesome job. But I think we are all ready to get back in person. If I have to get the vaccine, I have to get two vaccines, I have to get two vaccines and wear three masks, I'm doing it. Um, Just to get out of here is what I would like to do. Um, Yeah, I went to one Quarks event. I went to the Chicago event. We actually spoke at it. Tony Brown and I spoke at that one and loved it. I love the – I just think it's great in person. and I think it would be successful um, virtually, which we'll find out in two weeks, I guess, because of the the different tracks, I think, of the 20-minute presentations. That, that's more appealing to me as a virtual participant, I think, 
I can kind of pick and choose. I think the all-day virtual, I don't know if that's even possible right now because I've signed up for some of them. And, you know, I'm still trying to work. I'm halfway listening. Um, I forget about it. Then I get busy. You almost have to block out your calendar like you're out of the office in order to really be good to be good at it. Um, that's, that's kind of my initial take on it, I think. Yeah, that's I couldn't agree more. When I feel like from a virtual perspective, I, I had the same struggles. I, I found myself really not being present. And that's the yeah. last thing you want to do when you, you know, especially if you're going, I mean, if you're just going to, to drum up business, okay, great. But if you're going to learn and you want to take part in sessions and you want to, you know, really kind of pull some insights out of a, out of a visiting or not visiting, but out, out of attending a conference, then you can't be, you know, one foot in one foot out. You have to be invested in, you know, being present, not not listening just to hear words, but literally digesting it and, and trying to, you know, think creative about it. So I, I'm I'm right there with you. One one thing, this isn't really a conference, but I'm gonna mention it is what Jamin Brazil has done on these he does Tuesday and Friday afternoon hour time meetings. And um somewhere between forty and seventy five people every meeting. And on Tuesdays he'll have a speaker. And what he's done is he has made it no longer than literally 29 minutes and 59 seconds. It is every second of that 30 minutes is it's the first two minutes for intros for new people, seven minutes for a keynote speaker, eight minutes for a breakout room. And then you get back together and you talk about it and summarize it. And you're literally done. Like he's done a really good job. It's not a conference, but I'm getting content and a conference like atmosphere and I'm still networking. I'm adding I don't know, three to five people every week from LinkedIn that I'm meeting in a breakout room. Now that's, and I think that's the format that you almost have to kind of take into a conference somehow is like make it super valuable for people in that time frame where you can't miss it. I look forward to that. That's my favorite meeting on a calendar, honestly, every week is that 2 to 2.30 on Tuesdays with Jamin because it is just action-packed and valuable. I learn something in a network in 30 minutes every week. And so I, I'm hoping that conferences kind of take that, um, what what Jamin has done into the conference atmosphere. So like, you, hey, you know what? You can't miss this hour um, with this speaker. We're going to do all of them. We're going to pack it in, jam pack it into one hour. That's how you kind of get, I think, a lot of people. Um, I just ranked it a lot there, Jason. What do you think about that? No, I, I love that. I, I'm jealous that I haven't attended it, to be honest, <laughs> because that sounds like like from a virtual perspective, that sounds like it, like what is needed. I mean, yeah. can I carve out 30 minutes or an hour? Absolutely. Right. And right. can I be present for 30 minutes or an hour in a virtual environment? Absolutely. Can right. I do a full day of that? <laughs> not, a, not a chance. I mean, I, I could I absolutely for sure, but do I want to, and am I going to be present and am I going to pull the insights that I would, that I should be? No, I'm not, you know, that's just the reality of it. Well, one thing he does, he, He's figured out a way to force you to be present because when you go to that breakout room, you have to talk and he will call on you. And so I don't want to embarrass myself in front of, you know, presidents of companies and, um, you know, big people in the industry and chainmen. So I am very present. I'm not doing anything else, but I'm focused on that 30 minutes with, with that. So, and I think Green Book is doing something similar. They've, leaving out something. I'm not, I think it's starting sooner. It may have already started similar format. I think that maybe something like that will take off and who knows if this goes on much longer, 
that might be the new kind of thing is that instead of IIEX being four packed days in Austin and not, well, two this year in October or three or four in the past, maybe IAX does an hour every other week forever, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows how these conferences will evolve? I think this year people are trying to get back to where the more traditional and, you know, there's a lot that are planning in person starting in July throughout the end of the year. I think we can pull that off. I'm hopeful we can, but I think that we can adapt. We've proven we can adapt. Right, right. Well, no, you bring up one of them too, like the IIEX. That's one of those that I I really struggled seeing, like having a huge amount of success because of the content, right? Like it's it's literally built around innovation within insights and it's typically filled with startups and, you know, obviously you get your vendors and clients or, you know, brand side as well, but it's just one of those that I feel like would be much more difficult to get the full effect in a virtual environment. But maybe, maybe if they adopt, you know, some kind type of similar format, maybe it's more frequent, maybe it is throughout the year on a weekly or biweekly or monthly basis, as opposed to like you were talking about a moment ago, like cramming everything into three days for eight hours a day, back to back to back to back sessions. Maybe that isn't the format. Maybe, you know, we need to think a little more outside the box like Jamin is. And I think you said the IA is as well. Yeah. Um, I really miss IAX. You're right. Um, the One of the benefits of IAX, I think we've been to IAX a couple times together. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the benefits is like, yeah, it's all these companies you've never heard of and innovation. It kind of gets you fired up. And then you see them speak for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and then you go find them and have a follow-up conversation, right? And then you're at dinner with them and or you're at, you know, whatever that later night, not research club, but sometimes there's the karaoke band and sometimes there's a happy hour. You run into people. And to me, that's one of the benefits of a conference is that even though I try to avoid those events, but right now I'm craving them, but especially IAX because it's all these people you don't know. Right, right. New that people is- that you're like excited to meet instead of the same old people that we see every time. Hundred percent. That's yeah. That's what it's all about. Is is and 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 if you think, I mean, you know, from my, you know, you and I go to conferences for very different reasons, or at least we have right. historically, right? Like mine has right. always been focused on business development and talking to that that you know that prospect that I've been dying to have a conversation with. I just haven't, you know, haven't my my message hasn't resonated, or I haven't been able to get in touch with whatever that is. I've been able to have that success in an in person face to face environment. Whereas, you know, again, virtually it's, it's, it's extremely hard to do that. So I've always went in, you know, with a business development perspective, super limiting again on that virtual side, but I'm also someone that tends to thrive off of the energy that comes from, you know, having that face-to-face conversation and building rapport in that way. So I'm sure there's, you know, others that are just, you know, they probably prefer the complete opposite and prefer virtual events, but um, there's definitely pros and cons to each, I guess. Yeah. Even me and I'm, I'm a little bit of, um, I'm certainly an introvert. And even me right now, I would, if there were a conference this week I could go to, I would do every event possible. I would stay out late, which I usually I like to be in bed by dark because they are exhausting, mentally exhausting. I can't wait to like see, see people. Um, like Jason Tiffer, I see him every conference, right? Everybody knows Jason Tiffer. He's everywhere. He's every conference. He's, he hugs everybody, says hi to everybody. And I miss Jason Tiffer seeing him at a conference and all these people that you, you get to know 
I don't do the conference circuit like he does or a lot of people do where they just go from one to another. I go to maybe three or four a year, probably like you. And um, you see these people and you develop relationships with them. Um, and one thing I've learned, and we've talked about this, at least producer Brian and I have talked about it, how market research has kind of been a family and kind of um, worked together to get through the past year. And a part of that is all the relationships we've built at conferences. Even though a lot of us are competitors, um, you know, we have all those relationships. We have clients, suppliers, um, used to work with somebody, uh, competitors. And But we really stepped up last year. It's one of my big takeaways from last year is that the industry stepped up, worked together. When companies were laying people off, we all worked together to help them find jobs. Um, we helped push the Insights Association, uh, make a statement that um, – Companies should not be holding um, non-compete agreements. And that was built because of all the relationships that we've built over time. And now I really miss these people, right? Because I feel like I'm part of the club almost, right? Right. I didn't think I was going to go down this path when we started, but I don't know. That's Part of it is like it's one big family and I miss it. Yeah. You, Brian, you're bringing up some really key points there about like the, one, of the, the, one of the beautiful things about the industry that we work in is the the fact that you know there is a i don't know how to how to put it in words but there is that higher level of you know we treat each other as humans not just vendor partner client like there's there's at least i like to think of it this way anyway maybe it's just all in my head but it sounds like it's in yours too so maybe if if i'm crazy you're crazy <laughs> but it does feel like you know we are part of a community and and one that genuinely cares about you know the the better and well-being of of each other and and you're talking about you know you're hitting on a lot of those pieces where a lot of people did get laid off in the past year and i remember being at Quirks, you know, there were a couple folks there that had been in that environment. They got laid off right before everything, you know, the, we, we went to a virtual world and they were using those, um, you know, those different conferences as a networking event to find a job, not to, not to get a prospect, yeah. get in front of a prospect or a new client or, you know, schmooze with an existing client. It was literally to, you know, yeah. find the next direction of their career path. Right. I remember... This started for me getting aware of it. I think it was at SampleCon um, in Austin a couple of years ago. And as part of SampleCon, there was a session about non-competes. And I remember at breakfast that morning, I'm not going to mention their names, but I was at a table with some of the speakers and they spoke so passionately about how they had been let go before. They had a non-compete for a year. They had to get out of the industry and how it, it doesn't just damage them as individuals. It, it really does not help our industry. And we need to keep the talents in our industry. And so I think that that started like a rallying. It was at the conferences when this happened. It's when SampleCon, we talked about it. Everybody kind of agreed. And I think that started, that started at least from my perspective, maybe this, you know, I'm, I'm newer to the conferences. I've only been going to conferences since I joined DMI seven or eight years ago. Some people have been going for 15, 20 years, right? You know, everybody in the world is in market research. Maybe it started before I'm recognizing it, but I think that I recognized it at that conference when people were like passionate about, we want to keep talent in the industry. Right. And right. Um, so kudos to SampleCon for, that's a tough conversation to have, right? It is because you've got a lot of mixed, I mean, there's, there's the, there's a lot of different perspectives and I get, I really truly do get like, 
the value of a, a non-compete or a non-solicit or whatever you want to call it. I, you know, I, from a business owner perspective, I yeah. get like you, you want to protect yourself and you want to protect your company. But I also, on the flip side, I, you know, you have to see it from both angles and from an industry perspective, you're exactly right. I mean, that's pushed, I guarantee that's pushed a lot of extremely talented individuals at least for a year or maybe longer in some cases to venture outside of an industry and, you know, take the industry perspective. And that's uh, yeah, that's all, that adds a whole nother element. And I mentioned SampleCon. SampleCon, I think is the first conference that's going in person, which I'm proud of them. I think they can pull it off. I'm, I'm so rooting for them. They're going to do a kind of a hybrid. Is that July? Yeah. July 12th through 14th in Pasadena, um, California. Nice. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of sample providers out in California and a lot of clients too that honestly probably don't get a whole lot of conferences. I feel like most of them are in the East and Midwest-ish, South maybe. Um, west of the Mississippi, there are very few conferences really. Um, so I'm, I'm happy for the California people to get to, instead of a five-hour flight, to get a drive or a short flight. I'm hoping they can pull it off. And I know they're going to plan on hybrid. Their announcement mentioned. Um, social distancing of the conference, and I'm sure they'll pull it off. I was, we were on the board at SimpleCon, and there's a lot of smart people that I guarantee you they're thinking all this through because they're the first ones that are going to attempt it. Um, but I think by July we'll be in better shape. I'm hoping. Producer Brian, you've been quiet over there. What do you think? I think I'm hoping that they can do it, but I just think with particularly in Pasadena, California, you're talking LA, which has been hit harder than. A lot of the country, it may be a little too soon, particularly for that area. It really depends on vaccine rollouts and things like that. I mean, we're seeing the uptick now. There's more going out. We're expecting another one to be approved, which I think once that's done, it you get a better idea of it. Yeah. With it, I I think the July one is ambitious. Let's put it that way. It's ambitious. Yeah, Jason. What do you think? I agree. I, 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I'm. I, it's funny. I just picked up my phone and I see, you know, Ohio lifting the uh, lifting the curfew. So it's very timely to have this conversation. <laughs> it's it all. It depends. I mean, I, I love. I love. I'm cautiously optimistic, and I do think that you know, kudos to them for putting it out there and saying, you know what, we're going to go with July 12th through 14th, and we're going to be the first one on the books to to go you know, lives slash hybrid, you know, model or whatever you want to call that or environment, but somebody has got to be first. Right. Yeah. And it, it gives me hope just, just by seeing it on a calendar. So step one's, uh, you know, out of the way. And SampleCon is one that we talk about market research as a family. This is really a sample conference where literally everybody there knows everybody. And this is one I love to go in person because you know, it started off as kind of almost like a, a lucid user conference. It's evolved to more of a conference for the entire sample industry, but every, everybody knows everybody and you get, I mean, we work in sample, obviously, and you get into the details. I feel like we have to be there. I don't think at this point we plan on being there um, because, you know, we are not even allowed into our office at this point. So I think that'd be ambitious to book a flight anywhere. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, I'm hopeful. If not, we'll attend definitely the hybrid version. For sure, for sure. Um, let's go ahead, Brian. Uh, just thinking kind of overall, I think the ones, 
I'd like how a lot of them have moved into the back half of the year. I think the closer to like end of Q3, Q4, I think that's the more realistic ones. Like your Quirk Chicago, which is the beginning of December, um, TMRE just before Thanksgiving, uh, CRC, it's normal October slot. I think that's probably more realistic where you're going to get one, we'll be able to travel, but I think you'll see a comfort level of people wanting to travel by that point. Yeah, an interesting one is um, SMR Congress in person in September in Toronto, which, you know, I don't even think we're allowed in to Canada at this point. Nope, border's closed. (laughs) That's somewhat ambitious too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, Anything is ambitious at this point, right? Like going to the grocery store seems ambitious sometimes for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point, Brian. I just want to see that – that IIEX, I mean, 5th and the 6th yeah. of October in Austin, right between, like, right smack in the middle of the weekend for Austin City, City Limits Music Festival? Come on. Oh, now we're talking, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that might be one of the few that we might be planning on going to in person. So um, hopefully Jason and I can pull some strings with Brian, who manages our conference budget. Um, and maybe you and I can go and watch some live music. Hey, I, I don't, the, the lineup's not even out yet, and I'm ready. <laughs> right. Who cares? Exactly. Is there going to be a banjo? I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on conferences for either of you all? I don't think so. Nothing for me. Like I said, just I'm, I'm very glad to have full person, so I'm looking to get back in, 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 in front of people and, and in face-to-face environment as soon as possible. Agreed. I, I think everyone, I think all of these are being flexible, and I think... The, particularly the ones you had, like Quirksco having a virtual one leading up before they had the in-person ones, TMR, TMRE and SampleCon doing hybrid. I like that they're having the flexibility that, hey, we're, we don't know because it changes on a daily basis. Like, you know what? We're going to keep this. We'd like to say this is what we want to do, but we have plan B and plan C in place just in case. Yep. Makes sense. Cool. Well, this was fun. Well, hopefully this episode will not be mocked as the episodes that we did about a year ago when we were basically mocking coronavirus for two, three months, um, which we should that just delete. A, yeah, I should go back and delete that episode. That that that, that hits a little egg on our face. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, sample landscape report then. Oh, man. You, Brian, you want me to kick this off or you want to kick I'm I'm jumping in. Oh, you, you kick it off. I'd love it if you kicked it off. I, I, I shared this in an internal meeting the other day. This is literally my favorite time of year because this report comes out. It's Is that what it is? Can I call it a report? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, that's what it is in my mind. And I think the reason I get so passionate about it is, and I look like a crazy person, even on our Zoom like internal meetings. Everybody's just kind of staring at me while I just get up on this soapbox. But the reason it stands out to me is because it, of the story it tells. And and I think we do, uh, I, I say we, and I include myself because I'm with EMI, but you guys really are the brains behind it. And you do a fantastic job of um, really just presenting a tremendous amount of invaluable information to an industry that desperately needs to hear the message that it delivers. Um, and I know that's a bold, probably a bold statement, especially to make on a public forum. But like, I, you know, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Like we live in a world where data is king, uh, probably more so now than ever. And, you know, there are million and billion dollar decisions being made on a, on a daily basis 
on the data that our industry is providing. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, at the end of the day, most, most folks are willing to turn a blind eye to, you know, again, readily available data that shows bias and inconsistency running rampant in sample solutions that are being used or, you know, being leveraged or, and I'm not saying everybody's doing that, or they aren't willing to take the extra step of doing the homework to ensure that, you know, those sample plans are literally building out like reliable data sets is I guess what it boils down to. And that's what these decisions should be based on. And for our, you know, for that not to be like on the front burner in our industry, it's just, it, it, it drives me nuts and it puts me right up on the soapbox and I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but I'm not lying when it's, when I say that this report alone helps me sleep at night, knowing oh, that we, like, I, that's no joke, like that we are literally doing our clients and our prospects and the industry at, at the end of the day, a favor in fighting the good fight and pushing an agenda that is, you know, that is built around the one pillar that I think we should all be building around, which is reliable data and, and quality. Wow. Sorry, Jen, let me oh. jump off my soapbox. You, you get back on me. Oh, well, man, that's awesome. And if, if you're crazy by saying that, get in the club with me and Brian because we are speaking our language, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would, I mean, honestly, and I'm not just saying this, everybody in sample should download this report and read it because it is a compilation of a lot of the work that EMI does in terms of understanding the differences in panels. Um, having a point of view on solutions to it. We talk about data quality a lot in, in it, which is obviously a hot topic. Um, it's just a lot of kind of interesting information in it. We have a lot of coronavirus stuff from last year in it. Um, we, we talk a little bit about how panels change over time. And so it should resonate with pretty, probably everybody listening to this podcast. And it's completely free. That's the cool thing. All this work, literally, I don't know how much work it is, on Brian's end, it's probably weeks worth, and on my end, it's weeks worth as well. So it's a lot of work for a lot of people. Yeah, Brian, I would just add that it, beyond sample, I think anybody in quantitative market research should be reading this. If you're okay. doing any sort of online study, read this. Yeah, I really undersold that. Um, probably even more, more importantly, if you're making decisions based upon marketing research data, you should definitely read this because um, I think you'll learn something. And um, honestly, we're not just saying that. It's a quick, easy download, and um, it's free. So, you know, spend a couple minutes with it at least is what we're hoping people will do. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the – Brian, that's probably the, the piece that – and coming from business development, it's kind of weird to say this. But the, the piece that I love the most is that it, it, it literally isn't just a piece of collateral for EMI, right? <laughs> like it, it is, I think – we're taking, you know, we've, we've created this report that is giving back. And that's what I love the most about, like, it's inclusive, not of just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like EMI is in business to, you know, for a reason, right? Like we're, we're, we're all here to, 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 you know, create and grow a business. But at the end of the day, like it does, it tackles those major pillars that everybody should be concerned with. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like it includes like, our research on research on results or, or research on research results, but it's literally just putting data behind what we're st- what we're saying. It's not saying only work with EMI, right? Um, and it's inclusive of things that you're talking about, like data quality, device usage. It's got that section in towards the end last year, anyhow, where it was like current events, like you know marijuana legalization and 
of the raising minimum wages, vaccinations was included, which honestly, all three of these are still super relevant topics while we're at it. But overall, it just feels like a super valuable report that's focused on, um, in my mind, pushing the industry in the right direction. And, you know, an, an overall our overarching goal of doing what's right for research. Um, I, I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, you I think the other day you compared it to the grit report, which is really nice because the grit report is amazing. But, yeah, the grit report is kind of like a, a summary of people's perception of the industry and the trends. Right. And it's free. And it's amazing what Green Book has done with the grit report. I we That's really what we're trying to be for the sample industry is here's what we know about the sample industry. We've EMI has been doing this for 22 years now, learning about, we've never had a panel. So we really have kind of a, we call it a catbird seat of kind of seeing what's going on in the industry across lots of different panels. We see the innovation occurring across panels. We talk to all these panels every single day. And so we're kind of unique in that way. And, you know, we kind of, we did this research for a while before we released it publicly and we really are trying to give it back because we feel like we're unique. We're uniquely, uniquely situated in the industry that nobody else is. Who else talks to 150 partners every few weeks, right? And so we have data on it, and we have a point of view on it, and we have a lot of expertise at EMI that we can talk about it. So, Brian, I, I said that comparison in confidence. By the way, you weren't supposed to bring that public. Now you're going to get Lenny and I in a in a, in a, in a war. <laughs> we have Lenny on the show. That's exactly what we should do. No, but I do agree. Like, I mean, the grit report is fantastic. And honestly, we were going to talk about that today, but we didn't have enough time to digest it all because there's, right. so, much, there's so many insights and good, so much good information in there that it, you want to take your time and do your due diligence to make sure, you know, you're prepared to cover all of the content. So right. not taking anything away from that, but I, I would put from a sample perspective, I would put the the sample landscape that that as a report on par with anything out there. Well, those are big words, Jason. I appreciate it from a just a, more of a personal level. I, I really appreciate it. Um, what else is new? Did I miss any of the new stuff, Brian? I don't think so. I think yeah. it's been a kind of a quiet news week this week. No, I mean like a new in the sample landscape report. Um, we just talked about it yesterday, so I think I covered it. Yeah. The only thing, the stuff you were missing was some of the election stuff we put in there because. Not only did you have pandemic stuff going on and co- us doing some research into that, but also we had the election going on at that time, too. So we have covered both of those topics in our specialty research section. Oh, thank you. Good. And, yeah, we did some re- we did some of our research and research right on Election Day. And we were kind of measuring people's mood before Election Day, during Election Day, and after Election Day. And we looked at it by panel. We, you know, we diced the data a million different ways. That's fun for us. Um, so, yeah, you'll have that in there as well. That's certainly new. Well, anything else we should talk about? I think that covers it. I think we covered enough polarizing topics for the day. <laughs> <laughs> We've probably created some friends and some enemies in this, so I think our job's done. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, 140 episodes, other than the three that we're going to delete from last year. And um, appreciate you listening. If you have any topics or anything, any segments you'd like us to talk about, anything in sample you would like us to talk about or you want to be a guest, let us know. And have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, all.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.